Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. Just a quick thank you to those who are supporting me over on Patreon. I've had a few new faces over the past couple of weeks, so I'm really appreciative that you can support me. So it's a four euro fee a month, basically the price of a coffee to show your support for the podcast and to help me keep it going. Thank you again and I will leave a little link in the show notes if you'd like to support if you can. This week's episode is brought to you by Nook. For over 50 years Nook has used the latest medical science to develop products that have helped over 50 million children and of course their parents. The invention of the original Nook teat inspired by mother nature to today's vast range of baby care products each designed to make life that little bit easier for parents and children means that Nook is a household name and a recent poll revealed they're soothed to be the most popular in Ireland. Nook products are constantly designed and developed with input from medical professionals, midwives and most importantly, the people who know more than anyone else about what a baby bottle needs to offer mothers. With great products for learning to eat, a range of soothers for breastfed and bottle fed babies and household and care products, Nook has product solutions that make life easier for parents and children. So Nook products are available in Macaulay Pharmacy, McCabe's Pharmacy, Lloyd Pharmacy and selected Dunn stores and pharmacies nationwide. I will link their website and also their uh, Instagram handle on the show notes. In this next episode, I chat to Chelsea and she talks me through her two pregnancies and births. So she gave birth to her first little boy, Shay, and she had a really positive and quick experience. She talks us through all of those details surrounding her pregnancy, going into labor and then his arrival. So a really nice experience and she had such positive interactions with pretty much everyone she met. She then talks us through her second pregnancy with her little girl, and she talks us through her pregnancy. It was during COVID. So her partner Paddy wasn't necessarily there all of the time. When it, Obviously he should have been. But again it was a really positive experience. And she has. She's 
mentioned in one part of our episode that she enjoyed her experience which is just so nice to hear so a really nice episode really positive birth stories and just a really a really nice chat as well and some snippets into life as a mum with two so enjoy this episode and I will chat to you next week Chelsea you are very welcome to the Ireland's birth stories podcast hello thank you do you want to just begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your lovely family Yes, so my name is Chelsea. I am 31. I'll be 32 in September coming. Um, I am fiancé to Paddy, who is Irish. I am, probably by the accent you can tell, I am from England. Um, A little town outside of Liverpool. My mum lives now, um, and that's where I grew up. And I have two children, Seamus and Fela. Shay is two and a half. Fela is six months old now. And then Paddy has an elder son who will be 14 this year as well. So I'm stepmom as well. Okay. So will we talk about your first pregnancy? How was that pregnancy planned? Yeah. So I would have had a baby with anyone that would have had me from a really young age. All my friends had kids when we were like 18, 19. We all worked together in a hotel and restaurant. And I was so jealous of like the boogies and the, oh, everything. I was just like, oh, the bumps and the hospital visits. And also I was like, I just want a baby. I just want a baby. But obviously it just wasn't the right time for me at that stage and I always kind of felt like maybe at about 21 I was like I'm on the shelf I'm never going to be able to have a baby because all my friends had like four and five year olds by then and yeah I always just felt like oh it'll never happen it'll never happen then I met Paddy when I was it was 2014 and he already had a son so that was like a big like a game changer obviously because you know you kind of had that warm up I suppose Tiernan was six when me and Paddy met so that was great to have that kind of tiptoe around like being a mum but not being an actual mum you know doing the kind of bits you would do older than the baby stage I suppose and then yeah Paddy made it really clear from the beginning that like he wanted 10 kids he wanted loads of kids a big family and I was just totally like what whereas normally I think fellas especially younger kind of run a mile don't they from responsibility and things like that but Paddy was like no I want a huge family it's really important to me and I was kind of like oh my god like this is brill someone on the same page um and then we were together yeah a good while really we got yeah so 2014 and then Shay was born 2018 so the year before that um it was actually funnily enough we discussed having a baby and you know folic acid and all the kind of bits and bobs you have to do to get on the right track um and then we kind of said yeah we'll try for a baby and nothing happened and I was just adamant that my life is over I can't have kids and whatever and then somebody said have you tried these apps that monitor your for your fertility and your fertile window and things like that and I was like no so I maybe should have listened more in school in science biology but I was kind of just throwing the whole kitchen sink at it and being like this isn't working but obviously we didn't know the correct fertile days and things like that so once we had that with the period app whatever I can't think of the one we used um yeah we were really lucky and we fell pregnant the next month so it all coincided though with the snow of 2018 so when we announced we were pregnant so we were kind of pregnant before the snow but then everyone was like whoa like snow snow baby and I was kind of like no like we wanted the baby you know we were trying for the baby I was fuming that everyone like presumed that we'd like 
been stuck in the house and had nothing better to do type of thing. Um, but yeah, everyone had the laugh anyway. I think we were pregnant at the same time. I, I was very early on. I had Oliver in the August of that year. Yeah, yeah. So I was December. So Shay was born the 6th of December. Ah, okay. Um, so how did you feel in your in the first trimester? God, the first trimester, I think I was that excited that I was just over the moon you know I just was like finally it was me out of everyone like all I have quite a big group of friends that were we've been friends for years all of which had like two and three kids and I was like it's me I'm finally pregnant and then I just got completely railroaded with sickness like really bad and at the time so we opened our gym and we were just busy you know you just get on with everything day to day but I was sick a lot like morning noon night there wasn't kind of like a morning sickness element to it where it was like oh it's morning sickness and that's fine and it's just you know it was in the car it was driving the car it was a passenger in the car it was in work yeah just insane like just where I I wouldn't say to the extent of other people that I've heard of with like HB is it HG yeah, like I, I'm not sure, obviously I wasn't on medication or anything like that, but I'd say probably if I pushed it at the doctors, which if I'd have known, they maybe would have been able to help me manage it in a little way. But I just kind of was like, ah, it is what it is, you know, and everyone used to say, oh, the sicker you are, the healthier the baby. And I was just totally like, well, this must be like a medical marvel of healthiness because I'm just puking constantly. I lost like, I think I was 60 three kilo I think finding out I was pregnant and I was 58 having Shay so it was like I did lose a lot of weight which I think it maybe balanced out by the end of it you know the sickness and stuff and obviously I was able to eat the one thing that made me the sickest was chocolate which broke me heart because I'm a big that's annoying <laughs> yeah. but then I was kind of like look I'll just avoid chocolate but then it was like I'll avoid sitting in the passenger seat I'll avoid and I was just like oh do you know what? I think this is just part of it so yeah that was maybe first and second trimester and then I think once you get to the third trimester you're absolutely wrecked anyway aren't you and you just you don't really have the energy because you're so big and you know all well, your body's totally changed that I was just yeah it was it was I was lucky in the way that it was a good pregnancy. I had no complications or anything like that. Okay. But yeah, the sickness was tough. And so I know you're very much uh, into your exercise. So were you able to continue exercise and start your pregnancy then being so sick? Yeah, yeah. So, well, Paddy says it's funny. So we have a gym. It's a martial arts gym. We have kids, older people, whatever. But I competed before and then retired with a silver medal. <laughs> I say retired and Paddy was like, you'll never do this again, blah, blah. And I was like, of course I will, of course I will. But for having a gym, I don't do as much exercise as people would think. So yeah, people are always like, oh, you must be so fit. And I'm like, oh, and Paddy looks. It was actually funny on the notes in the hospital because you kind of write your occupation. And I'd wrote um, like fitness instructor for Paddy. And then gym manager for myself. So when they came into the labor, they were like, um, oh, and you're a fitness instructor. And Paddy looked at me and was like, you did not write that on that form. And I was like, I didn't. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, he is. I was like, I'm just the manager. I was like, I just do the paperwork and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, we're all confused. And Paddy was like, I honestly thought you'd wrote that you're a fitness instructor. He's like, yeah. <laughs> anything worse? Like, I was like, no, I didn't. But yeah, I was. I, I was lucky enough. I was walking and different things like that. And you know kind of just keeping an even keel of bits and bobs you know 
not too much. So did you attend any classes in preparation? No. For labour and birth? No, I was brutal. So I had listened to the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast before I had oh, yeah. kids. That's just Paddy coming in there um, with the baby, if you can hear it. Um, and I'd heard loads about hypnobirthing and I really liked the sound of it. Um, and I never really, I think because a lot of the podcast was in England, I kind of thought, oh, it must be a thing over there and it's not in Ireland. I never really looked too far into it with Shay. Um, apart from some affirmations that I'd seen online of, you know, your body is built to this and, you know, the positive kind of thing. So I kind of had that in my head, but no courses in terms of, you know, the antenatal courses and stuff like that. Um, actually, a guy in the gym, Kean, he came to me when I was, I think I was about 34 weeks and he said, oh, did you do an antenatal class? His wife is a midwife. And I said, no, no. And he kind of went, oh. He was real taken aback. And then I got real taken aback. And I was like, should I have? Oh, no. No, it's too late. They told me to book it at the beginning. And I'm a real worry wart like that, you know. So I was kind of like, maybe I've missed the boat. And he said, look, Christina, I'll come down and have a chat with you. She'll come to the gym, have a coffee with her. So she did. Christina came down and she kind of went through everything that I kind of, she said, you know, these antenatal classes can be for people that have never seen a baby before, but have found themselves pregnant and have never being around kids which I had I have quite a big family so nieces and nephews and friends with kids and stuff um so I did maybe foolishly kind of said oh, I don't need to go on one of them courses and then towards the end I was like oh, maybe I've made a terrible mistake so Christina kind of reassured me um she's actually a midwife at the coom where I had Shay um so she kind of said you know if you're having pains um we recommend that you stay at home until you're having three contractions in 10 minutes or you'll be sent home, you know, kind of the bits that yeah. you wouldn't really know. So I always had that in my head as well. When I actually did go into labor, that the different bits she told me, I was like, right, okay, I'm, I'm good. I can stay at home or Paddy will get sent home. And, you know, if it's the middle of the night, you might have to stay in on your own and, you know, the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily find out until the time, if that makes sense. That was nice that you had. Yeah, so it was really personal. And I was kind of like, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know about an antenatal course. Obviously, I've never done one. But yeah, she, I felt really reassured and kind of like, right, okay. She said, you know, have you got, you know, what's your birth plan? And I was like, I haven't done one. And she was like, you know what? That's the best way. She said, because some women have everything written, laminated, bring it in. And they're adamant that it's not going to deviate away from this. And we Mm. literally just have to throw it in the bin because it doesn't go that way so it's and I just said look I'm open-minded I'll take pain relief if I need it if you know if I have to have a c-section I'll just you know it is what it is and she was just like yeah that's the best way so I did go into everything with a open mind I suppose Mm. so will we chat about your first signs of labor yeah so Shay was he I was what was I I kind of just felt like you know, nobody really goes over the due date. And, you know, the whole time I was like, yeah, he's due the 29th of November. And that's when I'm going to have him a November baby. And I had a few weeks then to get ready for Christmas and obviously idiot, you know, thinking that this was going to work. Um, and, you know, got to December, Paddy, uh, got to November, Paddy was going away with the team to Bahrain the week before. So the Middle East, and I was just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, you'll be back and I'll have the baby. And then it kind of dawned on me like, oh no, 
like, what if he goes and he's not there? And, you know, that kind of, how's this going to work? And then I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. So he ended up changing the trip. One of our other coaches went out with the Irish team instead. And I remember the consultant saying in the coom, it's Murphy's law. If he goes, you'll go into labour. If he doesn't go, you'll go over your due date. And Paddy was like, look, I'm not going to risk it. So I was obviously grateful that that was the way it was. So I was a week over, well, it was a Wednesday. All my appointments were on a Wednesday. And on the Thursday, I would have been a full week overdue. So I was in on the Wednesday. They said, look, do you want to have a sweep? And I was, you know, fed up at that stage a week over. I was like, yeah, definitely. I kind of expected to have a two-week-old baby at that stage. Um, But... Yeah, so they give me a sweep. How did you find getting the sweep? It really varies so much from person to person. Um, I, I think it was more, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I think yeah. sweep is kind of like, sounds quite quick and simple sweep, you know, and it wasn't really, it, I kind of felt like she was tickling me tonsils. I was just <laughs> a bit, a whoa, do you know, like, what was that? Like, where did that come from? But, yeah, so I had the sweep. Um, obviously, I was a bit woozy and she said, on your way out, book in for an induction on Monday morning. Be here at half six and we'll induce you. So I was just like, oh, right, I'm having my baby on Monday. Sorted. Went home. It was a Wednesday and my friend was actually over visiting. She was leaving that night and she said, I bet you have this baby. I bet you have this baby. Now I'm going home because she'd been there kind of when I was due. Off she went home and... I think I was in the bathroom and, you know, when you're praying to see something, some sort of show or, you know, so I was kind of, yeah, this is it, this is it. And there was nothing really late on in the evening on the Wednesday. I kind of had a small show, um, but I was kind of like, no, I don't think it, it is what it is type of thing. Um, and then I went to bed and just, you know, I was set on Monday was the induction. It was what it was. One of my other friends from England, she's a midwife and she just said, do whatever you can to avoid induction, you know, just you're healthy enough to go through labor. Just if you can do everything you can to avoid it. And I was like, look, I'm not going to stress myself. I had the ball, you know, get on all fours, all the kind of bits and bobs. I had the raspberry leaf tea, but I was like, look, it is what it is. And then the morning I woke up at, I think about half five, quarter to six. And I can't, I'd had pain, you know, kind of Braxton Hicks or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is what labor's going to be like. And the pains I woke up with that morning, I was like, oh, this is different. But I didn't know what to say or what to do. And I was kind of, I had Christina in my head saying, oh, you know, wait till they're coming faster or whatever. So I stayed in bed. And then about half six, I think I remember Paddy was obviously in bed and he kind of looked at me and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just having pains. But because I'd been saying I'd been having pains the last few weeks, he kind of, yeah, okay. And I said, no, I think this might be it. Like, And he was like, oh. And I was like, no, just, you know, I have me app. I was time. I'd seen on um, Tara Makeups. She'd had Jean a few months before. So she'd put this app up to time your contractions. Yeah, I got the same app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of had me app. I was real organized. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. The hours apart. And then I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to run a bath, see if I can ease the pain a little bit. And I must have ran the bath. And at the time we had an immersion heater. So like everyone laughs, like in England, they're like an immersion, like people still have them, but obviously it's a big thing over here still. And um, all I was panicking about was having enough hot water to like keep the bath topped up and keep me comfortable instead of like dithering in this bath. So I was kind of like 
getting in the bath, getting out the bath. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, like sweating. I was actually booked in to get my nails done that day on the Thursday. And I text Lorna and just said, look, I don't think I'm going to make it today. Um, I feel like I'm in labor. I'm not sure. So she said, ah, look, come into me. I said, look, I'm missing one nail. She said, come into me on the way to the comb. You'll be ages. So I was like, yeah, sound, I will, I will. Um, so I was in and out the bath and then the pains kind of got worse. And well, I say worse, you know, kind of more often. And then Paddy was like, look, ring the hospital, ring the hospital. And I rang and they just said, no, you're not having anywhere near enough of what we would admit you for. Keep going if you're okay at home. So I said, yeah, you know, like I don't feel like I need anything like pain relief or anything wise, I'll stay. So it got to about half past one and they were kind of close together. And Paddy said, look, this is three within every 10 minutes now on the app. Let's go in. So I said, yeah, look, it's 20 minutes. We live in Tala, so we're not far from the coom. So I was like 10, 15, 20 minutes in the car, fine. And we got there and went up to the assessment unit. And I just said, you know, I think I'm in labor. I rang up and the poor girl, she'd obviously been there all night, kind of, yeah, I'll be with you now. And I was kind of like, oh, at this stage, like, you know, I'm in bulk. Well, as what I thought, I was like, right, I'm 10 centimeters at least, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. so I'm stored. And then she was like, Chelsea, come into the room. And they did the assessment and she was like, okay, um, you're one or two centimeters. <laughs> and I remember looking at her like, oh no, love, I think you've done that wrong because. I've been in labor all day. Like I've waited at home. I've done the right thing. Like I'm obviously nearly there. Like, come on. And she just said, no, you can either go for a walk or you can have pethidine. It's up to you. And I was like, if I have the pethidine, do I have to stay in the bed then? You know, I wasn't sure what it really was. So she said, no, you'd maybe have to lie down for 45 minutes and then you can go walking. And I said, look, no, I'm all right. I'll go for a walk and I'll come back. And me again, just being, you know, positive Annie, I was kind of like, yeah. And she said, yeah, two hours. And I was like, two hours. I was like, I thought she might go for a walk for 20 minutes and come back. Mm. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. So off we went and kind of had our bits and bobs. And Paddy said, look, we'll get a drink. And obviously man, he went and got a paper and stuff like that. And we were, you know, wandering around, but I sat in the, did you have your kids in the coom? I had Oliver in the coom. Yeah, yeah. So as you walk in, it used to be like the kind of waiting area didn't it on the left it's changed now but um I just sat down there and off Paddy went and I was like oh my god these pains and I was like I need to go to the toilet but I was like because every there was so many people there obviously waiting for visiting time I was mortified and I was like I'm like obviously I'm a woman I'm in hospital you know it's a labor ward everyone's in the same boat but I was mortified I was like oh and I just kept going to the toilet, back and forward to the toilet. And Paddy was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I just need the toilet. I really just need the toilet. But I couldn't go. I was kind of having like trickly little wheeze. And that was all. And I was just like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And so were you conscious because you were, were you starting to make noise at this stage? I think I wanted to, but I was just kind of, okay. don't, don't. I was, you know, like looking the opposite way and just kind of trying to avoid eye contact with anybody that would look at me. And it was about 45 minutes later. And I remember I put, I was sitting on a chair and I turned to face the window and I just pressed my head up against the glass for like the coolness. And I was just like, oh my God, I was like riding through. Obviously it was a contraction. I didn't know really at the time that it was, but I was kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like trying not to swear and scream and the whole thing. And a security guard came up to me and said, I'll get you. It was like um, 
couldn't really speak English, but he was like, a wheelchair, wheel- you need a wheelchair, you need a wheelchair. And I, I said, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm absolutely fine. I was like, Jesus, no. Like, I was like, it's fine, it's fine. And he was like, please, please, wheelchair, you need to get you a wheelchair. He could obviously tell I was, you know, he obviously sees it all day, every day, I'd say. And I was like, no, thank you so much. It's fine. And Paddy actually came back. I don't know if he'd maybe been for another drink or something at that time. Couldn't honestly tell you. And I just said, Paddy, I've got to go back up and ask her for this pethidine. And he was like, really? It's been 45 minutes. Like, kind of, she's going to tell us off. You know, the two of us are like bold kids. Like, I was like, look, I'll just explain to her, look, I'm, I maybe should have got it before. So off we went up the stairs. And I think we maybe made one flight up because they're kind of like the twirly stairs. And I just felt this, like, we come. And I just held onto the banister and I was, like, clenched with, everything I had I was just kind of like Paddy I've wet myself like I've wet myself and Paddy kind of stopped there was a man coming down the stairs with a car seat and I was like holding onto the banister kind of having a contraction like <gasps> and the man was like we'll carry it look the two of us will carry her up the stairs and I was like no I was like mortified I was like no 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 I was like I'll be fine in a minute I'll be fine so we walked back up and Paddy kind of panicked knocked on the window and said look 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 she needs the pethidine like and um, the woman God love her, the midwife again, like rolled her eyes. Have the pains worsened, she said. And I just kind of looked and I couldn't speak then. I, you know, I think so. Christina had said to me, Look, if you ring the assessment unit and you can talk through your contractions, you're not that far into your contractions. But at this stage, I couldn't speak. So I was kind of like, Hmm, that kind of rung a bell. So I, she said, Look, I'll call you in in a second. And they called me in. I had got up on the bed still clenching with everything I had I was just like oh my god I freed myself you know didn't go anywhere in between and as she came to do the uh like examination again I kind of let go and she went oh there's your waters so it was kind of the rest that all came out so I was kind of half of them went on the stairs half of them went upstairs and she just said it was another lady actually that did the examination it wasn't the initial woman and she went oh you're seven centimeters and oh wow yeah the other woman came through the curtain and said what she was like I literally sent her 45 minutes ago she was one and I was just like uh you know and you just don't know and they said yeah no problem we'll get you a wheelchair we'll take you through to the delivery suite and off we go and I was just totally like oh my days you know so off we went you know and into the delivery suite and yeah that was the start of it I think um I had a midwife there at the time who was covering my midwife I hadn't met her my midwife was on a dinner break so she kind of introduced herself went through a few things and there was another lady Claire who was another midwife and um, she was brilliant the whole time like absolutely fantastic and then my midwife Trinity came so they said you know do you want gas and air how are you fixed whatever and I said yeah gas and air is fine um and then I kind of was going through the motions of the contractions and stuff like that. And to be honest, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm kind of like, geez, when do they bring around like the pain relief menu and offer me like <laughs> the epidural and, you know, all these kinds of other things you hear people having. And I'm kind of looking at them and nobody's saying anything. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, Chelsea, that's so <laughs> but I was, I was just totally like, like, <laughs> why is nobody saying anything about pain relief? And I was just kind of like, if I ask and they tell me for some reason, you're too late, you can't have an epidural, I'm probably going to keel over. So I just kind of sat into it and I'm kind of still looking around and I'm like, 
okay, I'm going with the gas and air. And they're like, look, you're not really using this too effectively because I was kind of biting down on it as opposed to sucking it in and, you know, the whole thing. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then, yeah, it was, they kind of turned the lights down real low. And obviously it was the afternoon. It was a Thursday, but it felt like an evening. It was real chilled. Um, the girls were both, um, they weren't from Ireland. One was from South Africa. One was from New Zealand. And they just had this fantastic way about them. Like they were just real zen and chilled. And it was as if they knew about, like, I loved hypnobirth. You know, the idea of hypnobirthing, should I say, they just it kind of all fell into place. And, you know, and Claire, the midwife was saying to me, you know, your body is built for this. You know, you, you're doing this. You're bringing your baby. Your baby's here. I can see the baby's head and all these real positive kind of stuff. And I'm kind of like, I'm doing this. And prior to me going into labor, my cousin's wife, she said to me, try and do it without pain relief. Like mad scouser, do you know what I mean? And I, I said, are you mad? Like who goes and gives birth without pain relief, you weirdo? You know, I'm like, not a chance. I'm taking everything they offer me. And so it turned out that I did just deliver Shay with gas and air. So afterwards I was totally like, well, hey, but you know, you don't get a prize for it. There's no kind of, it was, it was good, I suppose, for after the fact, because I didn't have a kind of, you know, a lot of people said if they had the epidural, they, you know, had to be helped into the shower and, you know, for hours afterwards, it didn't wear off and stuff like that. So I was lucky. And some people said the gas and air made them violently sick and, so I suppose I just kind of had it lucky, to be honest. I hadn't really done any sort of preparation around that, but that's just the way it worked for me. So, yeah, he was born at quarter past six in the evening. So we left the house at two and he was born at six. So it was quite quick in terms of a first labour, they said. Um, yeah, again, the midwives were just great. Claire was just, you know, and do you want to breastfeed? Really encouraging, helped me laugh him on and stuff like that did skin to skin with paddy i actually did placenta encapsulation as well um you know and they were talking about you know where they come from they bury the placenta in the ground and you know all kinds of lovely tales and stuff it was just real relaxed and yeah it was a lovely kind of atmosphere that we had yeah it was really nice i actually found out afterwards from christina that claire was a trainee midwife like a student midwife and I was told, like, you wouldn't have known. You know, well, I, I suppose you don't know what to expect, but just, they were phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. Like I actually seen when the midwives and the nurses went on strike on the telly, Trinity was like holding a sign. I was like, oh my God, because I, I know kept, her. Yeah, she's my <laughs> friend. But I was like, oh my God, like the, I kept dreaming about them afterwards. Like I was just like, oh my God, I just want to see them again. I just want to say, I think, because at the time you're in kind of like a bubble, aren't you, of everything. And I was just like, oh, I just want to say thanks so much to them and find them again. And this one day became like on, I think it was like the news or whatever that was on. And I was like, ah, it's like, there she is. But yeah, no, it was. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Great for the first for being a first-time mom. It was such a positive experience. Because you do have all them kind of hang-ups of like, oh, what if this and what if that? And you do, like, people, I think, are very kind of open about sharing the horror stories. Even when you're pregnant, you know, they kind of tell you. One lady I remember telling me, like, oh, all my teeth fell out. All your teeth fall out when you're pregnant. And I was totally like, what? You know, like, when are my teeth going to fall out? You know, mad stuff like this and hair loss and, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh, great, you know. And that's besides labor story. So I was, I was, and then after the fact, then I kind of really became quite, um, I wouldn't say obsessed, but, you know, by telling people my positive story, you know, because I, I felt like so many people say, oh, you know, and I had to have 10 stitches and this happened and, you know, all of which can't be helped, but it doesn't help a girl that's going to go in and have a baby. You know, it's totally into the unknown, isn't it? I suppose. And, I think you do need to hear like a positive, like, all oh, right, it doesn't have to be this ordeal. You know, labor, I suppose people say, oh, it's labor, it's meant to be hard. And, but I do think there's ways you can definitely make it a enjoyable experience. I suppose, I suppose that's a bit of a funny word to use, but. No, I, I was the exact same. I, with Oliver, my birth was pretty similar to yours. It was like, yeah. we, I nearly accidentally didn't have pain relief and I'm so glad yeah, I didn't well, the same as me I was like if somebody had came in and said it to me I would have said oh lob the whole lot in I'll yeah. take anything going it's absolutely fine but they kind of said to me afterwards oh no you were too far you'd done too well for too long yeah. to kind of go backwards you know because it can slow it down and whatever and I was like oh do you know what? I'm delighted now I didn't mm. but I was waiting I was kind of panicking like please somebody say something about like because there's all sorts isn't there that they can offer you but I was just like nobody's saying anything I'm just which you know was great worked out great for me but it definitely says a lot about the the midwives because the midwife that I had I remember her saying um Oliver was just about to come and she's like let's keep this natural I was like okay that's you know and then everything was so it's definitely about the midwives I think yeah yeah it wouldn't be so yeah like I know it's like completely like even going in the second time around 
as soon as I went in, it was like, oh, do you need an epidural? Okay, you know, that yeah. was the first question I got asked. And I was kind of like, no, 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 I think I'm, I'm okay for now. You know, and it, was, it must just be kind of, you know, the, the job, you know, day to day. They're just so used to, you know, this is how we do it yeah. here and whatever. But they were so encouraging. And yeah, it was great. Like, and they actually kept kind of taking me off the bed and, you know, kind of, right, we're going to go to the toilet now. And, you know, they put a mat down on the floor and they were trying to get me like to squat down and, you know, stuff what yeah. kind of all part of the hypno bit, which I've now since learned, you know. Like I was on all fours and stuff, which I'd never, I was kind of like the Discovery Channel or something. Yeah. Off the so, was I, so was I. I felt, I knew Sean was looking at me and I was like, I look like a rhino on the floor here and he's seeing things that he's never going to unsee, but sure, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> say, like, for the, what do they say for the blokes? Like it's like watching your favourite pub burn down or something. Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, like, come on, I'm having a tough enough time as it is. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great, yeah. So will we talk about your pregnancy with Fela then? Yeah. So Fela again, last, well, I'm all confused now with this pandemic. So yeah, we, I always kind of had, I'm an only child. So I always kind of had in mind that I'd love for my kids to have siblings and, you know, that kind of brother and sister bond that I know. Like I had, I was, I would have been really close with my cousins, but I suppose it's not really the same, you know, in that way. And growing up, obviously, Paddy has um, a sister and, you know, my friends would have brothers and sisters and seeing the bond that they have is lovely, you know, and I always wanted that for my own children. So, yeah, I always kind of used to joke about saying like, oh, we'll have two under two and Irish twins and stuff like that. And Paddy was just like, you're insane. Like, why would you, you know, obviously kind of because Irish twins more than like, you know, more often than not are like kind of accidentally Irish twins, aren't they? But um. I was kind of thinking, oh, no, I, you know, I'll see how I go. And I remember talking to one of my friends and she said, look, wait till he gets to one and then see how you feel, you know, and kind of see then don't make any like rush when he's, you know, still can't really walk and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we discussed it. You know, we wanted more, we like obviously wanted more children, both of us. And yeah, it would have been... I'm trying to think now she was born February this year so it may be like the summertime maybe June I found out I was pregnant so again I was just kind of keeping an eye on the app of like fertile windows and stuff like that and we just said look if it happens it happens Shay had turned to sorry Shay it was Shay's first birthday in the December um and yeah so he was like one and a half I think when I found out I was pregnant and then the due date came as February the 24th so I was like look he will have been two and a couple of months and be well able you know <laughs> but yeah um so again smooth pregnancy you know no kind of complications again really lucky the only thing this time around um which obviously presented itself after we didn't find out the gender on either baby but paddy actually carries um a factor 13 deficiency so it's a blood disorder it's he's the only person in ireland that has it it's one in five million um, it's hugely rare so it's kind of one of those I'm crap I explained it but you know like a heterozygous gene so it misses you know it has to be like someone has to have it and then a carrier and how it comes in the children then can be the opposite way so it's more common in women to carry the gene in girls so that was always a concern so the hospital had to know on both pregnancies what I was having 
but we just left it. We didn't find out what we were having ourselves, but they kind of run tests. And then the only thing we were advised to do was um, delayed cord clamping and not to take the blood from the cord for to send away for a sample. Oh, sorry, they have to send the blood away for a sample straight away from the cord to James's, to like the um, haematology clinic there to see what's what with both babies. But that was it. You know, there was no kind of major um, steps put in place. The only thing they did say was I wouldn't have been allowed an instrumental delivery. They would have avoided anything to do with the baby's head because it can cause cranial bleeds. So Paddy would be susceptible to things like that. But obviously not knowing if the baby is a carrier, that's why they just said we'll kind of avoid it with both. So with Fela then, obviously being a girl, the tests, you know, they were a bit more cautious, I suppose. I think they they spoke, they seemed to speak about it more in the hospital, which kind of gave me an inkling that she was a girl. They never said it, but I was kind of like, mm, they're mentioning a bit more, you know, about like, you know, you couldn't have forceps and you couldn't have this. And I was kind of like, okay, they didn't really say that about Shay. And they just said, oh no, you know, maybe things have changed. I just thought, you know, as time goes on, you know, rules change or whatever. Um. But yeah, the pregnancy was kind of different in terms of the sickness. I wasn't sick um, at all. I could eat chocolate. Like I was just like loving life. I kind of just the same really, you know, was able to do the bits and bobs I was doing. And again, like a positive nine months, nine, 10 months. Like um, she was due the 24th of February and I was convinced I was going to have her early just she well I didn't know she was a she at the time but my bump was so low and everything just kind of fell into place I was kind of you know getting twinges and I was like yeah like definitely having this baby 100% this baby is on its way and then the week the week before I was due they offered me a sweep so I was like yep same again have the sweep have a tomorrow sorted I just had it all in my head the same as Shay and the sweep was a lot more gentle this time around and I did kind of feel like I don't know if she's done the job there yeah do you know like I was kind of like you know but no and I was like not me body knows you know I'll have the baby tomorrow and yeah I went home and I literally kind of felt like I had about six weeks left you know that feeling when your bump is still high and you know you know you've got a good stretch to go I was just totally like this baby is not coming anytime soon. So I think I felt disappointed and I had that kind of aggravated feeling of like, oh, I'm overdue and I'm sick of being pregnant. And everyone was like, oh, how far over are you? And I was like, I'm not even due till next week. But it was just, I, and then I was kind of like, you know what, I shouldn't have got the sweep maybe. You know, I, I, I think I just maybe thought that because I'd had it before and it worked, same again, get the baby out. But maybe I should have just waited because she did come on a due date so very prompt she was and how did you feel in general because you were like the lockdown was going on consistently throughout your pregnancy so did you feel stressed or anxious or anything so in terms of lockdown obviously with having a gym we kind of closed completely and stuff like that so looking at it from a positive point of view I had a lot of time with Shay you know, we, we kind of are really lucky. We have a lot in our like 5K, 10K kind of radius, you know, parks and stuff like that. We were able to do a lot, especially like being pregnant, able to walk around and, you know, just kind of take in a lot. I think to be totally honest, I my friend 
her little boy's birthday is September and we were organising his birthday in a play zone, Shay's birthday in the December in a play zone, you know, because we were kind of like, oh, this crap will be over and done with by then. And, you know, because this was kind of earlier in the year. And then I found out I was pregnant and same thing. I was like, ah, this will all be gone then, you know, won't be such a thing. And as the time went on, it just kind of, it almost seemed to get more intense. Um, you know, with the kind of the lockdowns on and off and, you know, what was going to happen and stuff. So it wasn't that I felt anxious. I think towards the end, the whole, you know, partners not being allowed in, you know, till a certain centimetre. And that did kind of weigh on me because Paddy was kind of like over my dead body. Like I am going to be there. Like I am, you know, I'm not going to not be in the hospital. One of my friends from back home who I went to college with, um, she actually had her baby on her own at the beginning of the pandemic. So her husband wasn't allowed in. I think he kind of, you know, like his own um, underlying conditions and stuff, but they just said, you know, you have to do it on your own. And, you know, she had the pictures up of FaceTime, you know, FaceTime and daddy with the new baby and stuff. And you just, it's awful, you know. But but again, I was kind of like, ah, that'll all be well over and done with. And as it went up to it, like Paddy was just like, no, like something needs to be done. You know, like I, I have to be there. And I was like, look, you can when I'm a certain centimetre. And in my head, I suppose it was good that I'd had the experience I had with Shay because I'd stayed at home as long as I could. And then it was more or less the delivery street straight away, you know, in the hospital. So that was the stage at the time when partners were allowed in once you were in the delivery suite. So I kind of had that in my head. I was like, Paddy, it was 45 minutes I was in the corridors for. And then we were in the delivery suite. So think of it like that, you know, that trying just to be like, positive I suppose and then yeah going well on failure I woke up so my mum came over and um, she'd kind of saved her holidays for me being due to mind Shay. Shay has a childminder as well so you know Dawn would have been there as well but my mum was like look you need the extra pair of hands and whatever I kind of had a bag packed for Shay to go wherever he would go you know when I went into labor and when I actually looked back at it like the week or so after I was like where the hell did I think he was going? like I had like six pairs of socks six, you know like all sorts of outfits and wellies and this and I'm like I was literally in and out with Shay you know like the night we did the early release scheme so I went home the day after and I was just like where did I think I was going to be you know I proper panic packed but yeah so my mum was over and she was kind of you know it was kind of getting closer to her going home and she was like, you know, this baby's got to come, come on, come on. You know, the raspberry leaf tea, I was on the ball like all day and night, every day and just nothing was happening. And I was just like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And again, my appointments were always on a Wednesday. That was, that kind of coincided with the hematology clinic. I think that's why I, I, so how it worked with me, I maybe should have said was from the start of the pregnancy, I am not high risk, but the baby is classed as high risk. So I have to go to like a high risk clinic to liaise with the haematology clinic throughout the pregnancy, which it was no kind of hardship or anything. It was actually quite handy. You know what? I kind of had the appointments. It kind of felt more supported in a way. Um, I don't know if I got more appointments than normal, because obviously that was just our normal, I suppose, from the start. But um, yeah, I'd had my appointment. Well, I was due... I had my appointment the week before. They'd give me the sweep. Nothing happened. She was due. And again, waiting for my appointment. And I woke up at half three in the morning. 
And I kind of, without sounding too much, like it was kind of like a cork popping. And I kind of woke up and I was like, whoa. And I was, you know, looked at the time and it was half three and I got out of bed and I, I turned the light on and my pyjamas were kind of, not soaked, but there was a good patch of water. And Paddy's looking at me like, what have you turned the light on for? Like, what's going on? And I was like, Paddy, I don't know if my waters have gone. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. You know, like, I, I just, this has happened. I, yeah, so I was like, look, I'm going to go back to bed. I thought, I can't wake me mum because if I wake me poor mum, she'll be wide awake from now until whenever she wouldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, look, I'm fine. I wasn't getting any pains or anything like that. So I went back to sleep. This time around, I had invested in the positive birth company, hypnobirthing course. So that was like an online course that you did. Um, so I kind of had a lot more knowledge around it this time. Um, but alongside with the course, there's an app called Freya and it's a meditation app. So she kind of tells you all sorts of stories and she's real calm and, you know, just kind of what you need when you're a bit panicky or whatever. So it, like I found that really beneficial even coming up to the end of the pregnancy you know, just bouncing on the ball and listening and getting familiar with her voice and stuff. Again, that's got an app for the timer or a button for the timer for the contractions. And yeah, I kind of was like, no, I'm fine. About 10 past four, I started getting pain. So I was timing them again, nothing too major, but they had kind of said to me this time, oh, don't wait around. Like this time will be a lot faster. So as soon as there's any pains, any leaking, get straight into the hospital. But I was kind of like, mm, I'm not in pain. I'm not having any pains. And then it all kind of hit me that I was leaving Shay. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't leave in the middle of the night because he's had a habit of getting out of his cot and coming into our bed in the morning. And I was like, he's going to be lost. Like, we're not going to be here. And, I, and Paddy was like, come on, like, this isn't the time now to be starting to regret the fact of bringing a new baby at home, you know, and I'm kind of, what have I done? And um, so... I think about half six, I went into my mom and I said, look, we're going to leave to go to the hospital now. And she was like, why? And I said, look, I'm getting pains. I don't really know. Just going to go and get checked out. And we left. Yeah, it was maybe closer to seven. We left and Shay had just woke up and he stood at the front door and putting his wellies on. He was saying, I go with you, mama. I go. And well, I was bawling and I'm just like, oh, and I was like, I'm coming back. And, you know, when you just, I just felt brutal, you know, like I was just like, oh. God, the poor child's going to be traumatized. I've ruined his life bringing this new baby because he was such a baby, you know, to me. And um, then, yeah, so we went, got to the coom. I just said to Paddy, look, I feel like you just have to drop me at the door. You know, I don't really know. Like, so I just said, look, in my hands, I had my phone, a mask. I had like all my bags and stuff packed. And I was like, I don't really see, you know, I don't really know what I need as of yet so I had my headphones that was it and I was like look I'm gonna ring you I'll ring you in two minutes as soon as I know we'll see what's what so I went up to the assessment unit and they just kind of presumed it was an induction I think because it, it was the hour of the morning they just said are you here for an induction and I said no no my waters went this morning at half three and they just said all oh, right okay yeah we'll come to you in a second and I was kind of having contractions I was you know working my way through the app and stuff like pressing the button and she, you know she kind of counts your breath like in for four, out for eight, and brilliant, like great app, best two ninety nine I ever spent, I think. Um, but yeah, it was great, and they 
called me in and it was actually a lady who lives near to us so she knew Paddy and she just said yeah we're going to check you over I'll put you on a tray see what's what um and I'll send for a COVID test and I said like you know how does and Paddy's like text you know can I come in can I come in and I just said look she said I've just got to wait um until there's a room in the delivery suite and you can come in um well I think you had to be three centimeters I think that was like the the rule at the time so I was obviously waiting and I had the app and the woman's gabbing away to me and me you know telling the story the kind of meditation and the midwife said to me she was like are you feeling that and I just kind of looked at her and I said oh god I said I feel like a bit of a basket case I said I've got this meditation app in my headphones I said so I'm just kind of listening to her and she was like no she was like good woman you just crack on with whatever you're doing she was like whatever you're doing is working but you are having big contractions there and I was just kind of like I'm fine she was like if you need anything just shout me there's a woman going to come up now and do your COVID test. So I said, right, okay. Obviously sat waiting. And I think the, well, that was the worst part of it all. The COVID test was so like invasive, you know, when you're already feeling a bit touched out being so heavily pregnant and stuff, it was just, uh, but um, yeah. So they said then, uh, yeah, Paddy text and said, how much, when can I come in? I said, when I'm three centimeters. And he texted me back, how many inches are you now? So I showed the um, the midwife and she was laughing. She was like, oh God, she was like, tell him. She was like, be about 10 minutes. She was real like salt of the earth, lovely woman. And um, so I rang Paddy and said, look, you can come now. But he'd actually gone across the road to, I think it's like the centre there to get himself something mm. to eat. So he was kind of in the queue. And I was like, no, I was like, just do your thing. Like get whatever you need. And he was like, no, 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 I'll be across, I'll be across. So he left his, whatever he was getting in the shop, came across and yeah he obviously brought all the bags in because you kind of can't bring all your bits and bobs and all the it's just a bit backwards isn't it all the rules and regulations so he brought all the bags in I was in the delivery room and again I had two midwives um great one was they were one was Irish one wasn't again so like couldn't have done more for me you know just real like lovely I, I don't know if I struck lucky. I know like some people have like horror stories of midwives and stuff, but mine were honestly like angels. Like you couldn't have wanted more, do you know, from them. I really couldn't. Yeah, brilliant. And um, yeah, they just kind of said, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to get on the ball? And I said, yeah, I can do like whatever I told them about the app. And they were just like, yeah, if that makes you feel comfortable, go ahead. So I kept the head uh, headphones in, bouncing on the ball. They give me like paper knickers to put on. I actually didn't get changed with Shay. I just cut because it all kind of happened so quick. I had about seven pairs of pajamas, but didn't put anything on. I just put, kept my t-shirt on. So this time I got changed into a nighty and you know it kind of felt a bit more organized or something. Not organized, but you know, I kind of knew what I was expecting, I suppose. And um yeah, I was there and they just said, look, do you want us to break your water? You have you still have hind waters, they said maybe that's the right term is it hindwaters and yeah. um, they said you still have hindwaters do you want us to break them and I just said oh yeah if you want like you know kind of whatever and they said look do you want the epidural first and I just said look I didn't have it last time so I'm all right I think and they just said look if you change your mind you know you can say it at any time whatever so I said yeah no no I'm okay for now and um yeah so they got me up on the beds and she said, do you want me to show you what I'm going to use? This is how we do breaking the waters. And I think I, sh I probably should have just said, no, no, it's fine. Because I think I kind of got a bit of a shock seeing the size of like 
the needle or you know whatever I was kind of like oh man you're putting that you know I was just like right she said use the gas on it you're good to go and I kind of felt like my waters had already gone but they obviously hadn't and there was loads more and oh no sorry I remember Paddy saying oh do you really want them to break them because when your waters went last time everything happened really really fast and I was like, look, what are we waiting for? You know, I'm here now. I'm kind of just might as well get it over and done with, you know? So I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay. So that was that. And yeah, I still had the paper knickers on and I'm lying in the bed and I'm kind of breathing through the contractions and they were kind of getting, you know, that feeling of like the ring of fire type of like oh this is mm. getting close now feeling and I'm like oh man like and I was lying on my side and Paddy was in the chair next to me and you know holding me hand rubbing me back you know the usual real support of great help and he I said to him the head is there he said the head is there and he kind of looks at me as if to say all right Dr. Doolittle what would you know type you know like relax and I'm like Paddy the head is there like I know the head is there and the midwives were you know filling paperwork in and different bits and bobs and I am kind of you know the I was kind of trying to get the words out but I couldn't because I was obviously having a contraction and um the midwife Sharon she said to me I'm just gonna examine you again now we'll see how we are now and she went oh she was like the head's there so they kind of ripped the paper knickers off and they were like, where do you want to go? Oh, God, yeah, you still have to, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like mortified with these knickers. So they ripped them off. And she said, look, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, last time I was on all fours. And I'm thinking, oh, God, the Discovery Channel part two. And I'm like, right, come on. So, but I, my body must have kind of remembered, you know, everything. And so that was eight minutes past 12. And they said, right, okay, let's go up on the back of the bed. And she was born at 16 minutes past and that was just, yeah, it kind of just eight minutes. They were just like, eight minutes? Like, what the hell? Like, and yeah, it was just like, I'm blessed because it was so smooth and there was no kind of traumatic experience in any of them, you know? And I am lucky. I know some people have awful times, but yeah, I just, I am very grateful that mine all went smoothly. And I just couldn't. God, they just did left you to your own devices. Yeah, didn't they? yeah. Which yeah. it probably some people may not like that. You know, some people I know need to be kind of guided the whole way. You know, kind of right. We're going to do this, and you know, explaining and stuff. But I think with the um, positive birth company, the importance of like owning your own journey, and you know, whether mm. it's going to be an induction, whether mm. it's going to be a C-section, or you know, you can still make it positive. You know, and I kind of was, I always had that in my head of like, right, we'll just, you know, be informed, How you know, make sure you know everything that could happen, you know, you want to happen. So, yeah, I did have that in my head, but definitely the midwives, like I couldn't have done it without them. You know, that kind of just stand back and let you crack on. Like, trusting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and trusting your body, I think, as well. Of, mm. You are made to do this and, you know, just, I suppose go with the flow of everything which is easier said than done I suppose but yeah and how did the transition go in the first few days with Shay and Fela how did you feel um I think I kind of wanted and expected like this real like Instagrammable moment of you know was walking into the house and him being like oh baby and whatever and driving home from the coom I think I was like 
panicked you know like god what's he gonna be like and I was like no no be fine be fine be fine because he's he's a boy you know he's real boisterous and he was with my mum in the house we pulled up came in and my mum's kind of recording you know god like this is it and he just was not interested like not phased at all just we were my friend had had a baby in the November and we were kind of like look this is your baby like this is failure and he's like, no, it's Jace. Oh. And we were like, oh, no. And my mum was like, it's not going to, he's not going to understand until he sees Jace, you know, yeah. and fail it in the same room that it's not the same person. So, yeah, he just, we got her out of the car seat. He got in her car seat. We'd kind of got a present, you know, oh, the baby brought you this. You know, I'd kind of read online that was a good thing to do. But I think he was kind of too young. He didn't really get it kind of I think an older baby would be like oh great like now we're mates type of thing but he was just totally like yeah just give me the toys I'm not interested um I think for me having my mum here having Paddy here as like the support system for them like you know first few days first week or so was great um you know to help you juggle everything mm. um one of my main kind of worries or whatever would have been Shay was breastfed till he was 22 months so till I was kind of quite far on into me pregnancy with failure and then I was just concerned that he would want his booby back you know and it would be this battle between the two of them and I was just kind of worried for that but it wasn't like that at all he was just he, he was fantastic you know for such a little person and he kind of grew up overnight and then I think yeah, that made me yeah. really emotional because I was like, oh, my baby, like he's just this big boy. And, you know, he goes to crest. They feel so big, yeah. don't they? And when you, you yeah, kind of, I'm like changing his nappy and I'm like, oh, this big bum, you know, like when you used yeah. to like this tiny <laughs> yeah. baby. And yeah, like it was good. Obviously, we had like some days where he's crying, she's crying. And I was just totally like, oh, my days, like health. Because obviously Paddy's out. Paddy's a local counsellor in our area. And then we have the gym and obviously the gym's not been open, but we've still had people competing. So like elite athletes have been going away to different, you know, up to the north or going to England and stuff like that. So them kind of weekends, which would have just always been part of our life of just, yeah, you go away for the evening for your job. And then now it's like the heart's pound, not so much now, but at the beginning, like the heart was pounding, like, oh, she's now we have two kids, you know, like, what do I do? You know, but yeah everything like luckily has transitioned really well like some days have been a total shit show you know where you've just yeah. literally got through the day and you're just like look you're fed you're changed we're all alive let's just go to bed well thank you so much for sharing that was a really nice chat and fun too it was really lovely no i hope you enjoyed this week's episode you are more than welcome to share your story if you'd like to. So simply pop me an email over at irelandsbirthstories.ie or you can get in touch on the Instagram page. I'm quicker at responding to emails than I am on, on Instagram. So yeah, you're more than welcome to share your story. Just get in touch and I will chat to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.